Father in heaven, we thank you for September 21st. Thank you for today's reading, Lord. We honor you, Lord God, this day, Lord, as the sun has gone down this evening. Thank you, Lord, for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear your word that comes through our hearts. Isaiah 37.1-38.22 When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went into the temple of the Lord. And he sent Elakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priests, all dressed in burlap, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, this is what the king Hezekiah says, Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of staff sent by the king to defy the living God, and he will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, This is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him, and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home, so he will return to his land, where I will have him killed with a sword. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lashish, and was attacking Libna. Soon afterwards, King Sinashrib received word that King Tirhaka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the king of Assyria has done wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of other nations rescued them, such nations as Gozan, Aharan, Rezep, and the people of Eden put who were in Tel Azar, my predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamad and the king of Arpad? What happened to the king of Sepharabim, Hena, and Aviah? After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heaven and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sina Cherub's word of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord, our God rescues us from his power 
then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone are, are Lord our God. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent his message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Because you prayed about King Shinocherib of Assyria, the Lord has spoken this word against him. Oh, the virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom you have been defying and ridiculing, against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defiled the Lord. You have said, With my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains, yes, the remote peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its father's heights and explored its deepest forests. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water. With the sole of my foot, I stopped up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago I planned it, and now I am making it happen. I plan for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are as weak as grass, as easily trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and when you come and go. I know the way you have rage against me and because you of your raging against me and your arrogance which I have heard for myself I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth I will make you return by the same road on which you came then Isaiah said to Hezekiah here is the proof that what I say is true this year you will eat only what grows up by itself and next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them. You will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah, who have escaped the ravages of the siege, will put roots down in your own soil and grow up and flourish. But a remnant, for a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem a group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside his gates with their shields, nor build banks of earth against his walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend the city and protect it. That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. The kings, then King Sinacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. 
One day, one day while he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nishrosh, his sons, Adrami, Lich, and Sherazir, kill him with their swords. Then they escaped to the land of Ararat, and another son, Esar Hadon, became the next king of Assyria. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestors, David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. And this is a sign from the Lord to prove that he will do it as he promised. I will cause the sun's shadow to move ten steps backwards on the sundial of Ahaz. So the shadow on the sundial moved backwards ten steps. When King Hezekiah was well again, he wrote this poem. He, I said, In the prime of my life must I now enter the place of the dead? Am I to be robbed? of the rest of my years I said never again will I see the Lord God while I still in the land of the living never again will I see my friends or be with those who live in this world my life has been blown away like a shepherd's tent in a storm it has been cut short as when a weaver cuts cloth from a loom suddenly my life was over I waited patiently all night but I was torn apart as though my lion, by lions. Suddenly my life was over. Delirious, I chattered like a sh- shallow or a swallow or a crane, and then I moaned like a mountain dove, morning dove. My eyes grew tired of looking to heaven for help. I am in trouble. Lord, help me. But what could I say? For he himself sent this sickness. Now I will walk humbly throughout my years because of this anguish I have left. Love your discipline. Lord, your discipline is good, for it leads to life and health. You restored my health and allowed me to live. Yes, this anguish was good for me, for you have rescued me from death and forgiven all my sins. For the dead cannot praise you, and they cannot raise the voice in praise then who those who go down into the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness only the living can praise you as i do today each generation tells of your faithfulness to the next think of it the lord is ready to hear me to heal me i will sing his praises with instruments every day of my life in the temple of the lord isaiah has said to hezekiah's servants Make an ointment from figs and spread over the boil, and Hezekiah will recover. Then Hezekiah 
and Hezekiah had asked, What sign will you prove that I will go to the temple of the Lord? Amen. Whew, that's a lot of reading, huh? It's interesting that Hezekiah is so strong in knowing the Lord and the Lord God answering him. That was what amazes me. I mean, Isaiah, he, he heard of the Lord and says, Look, this is what's going to happen. But God would respond to Hezekiah's pleas also very plainly. Yeah, you know, that's one of the main stories that I learned when I was going to Jubilee and I would go see Kim Clement. He always brings this particular story from the book of Isaiah of how Hezekiah changed God's mind when he reminded him of all he's done. That always stood in my mind, you know, that, that um, reminding God of the times you did this and that it's okay to do that. Good deeds and stuff. But you know, the uh, the Lord is like a compassionate daddy, you know. Yeah. And the guy, you know, he re- he didn't have to repent of anything. He just... And he claims that the Lord sent the sickness. That's really interesting. It says that the Lord sent the sickness... Uh, you know, the Lord already gave him 15 years, and he seems he seems like he's wallowing right here that 15 years is not good right, enough. Right, right. Am I to be robbed of the rest of my years? I said, never again will I see the Lord God while still in the land of the living. I mean, it's, isn't that just like a human being would do, like us? We want more, we want more, and the Lord says, the dad says, no, this is how much you're going to get. You're going to get 15 years. And I think he becomes bitter at the end. Mm, that's what it looks like, huh? You know, he continues to go on this. And right yeah. down at 20, he says, Think of it. The Lord is ready to heal me. I will sing his praises with instruments each day of my life in the temple of the Lord. So it's kind of like, if you heal me, I will praise you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Only the living can praise you as I do today. Each generation tells you your faithfulness to the next. Amen. <laughs> and then it's interesting that only one angel killed 185,000 soldiers, and there was more that didn't get killed. Right. He says, you know, those that were spared, and I wonder if they were spared because they uh, they repented. Hey, you know, you two know, things that kind of stood out, just the Psalms, as I was you were reading, it says that, um, I said, never again will I see the Lord God while still in the land of the living. Whereas David says, uh, what does he say? I declare, um, he said he would see the good works of the Lord in the land of the living. He says he would never hear, but then down here, I forget what scripture is, but just reminded me of that scripture, where it's the opposite of that. I will live and see, you know, the goodness of the, the Lord, Lord in the, in the land, land of the living. Yeah. And then over here, it talks about those who go down to the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness. Only the living can praise you as I do today. Each generation tells of your faithfulness to the next. Think of it. The Lord is ready to heal me. I will sing his praises with instruments every day of my life. 
in the temple of the Lord. He said, Isaiah had said to Isaiah's servants, make an ointment from figs and spread it over the oil. Oh, that's not where I was going. Um, but it does talk about restoring his health here. Yeah, but I mean, the part about the grave is about how, you know, when you're in the grave, you can't praise the Lord. I think David in the Psalms says something about that as well, right? So it's just kind of reminding me of that. Um, the thing that really got me at the very beginning, and I think after that, I was like, this is the nugget that I want to take away today. And this is the prayer. It says, after Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord of heaven, the armies of God of Israel, you are enthroned in heaven between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. And so, and then toward, and then a little while later he says, It is true, the Lord, the kings of Astaria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians would destroy them. They were not gods of all, only idols, wooden stone shaped by human hands and it says now O Lord our God rescue us from his power and all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone O Lord our God so that's a beautiful prayer your backs up against the wall you're acknowledging that he's he's sovereign he's the creator you may have an earth it's only you you know Come down here and listen to my plea or my, what I'm asking you to do, Lord. I, I just a great prayer. We ought to have that on the wall. Amen. Amen. But but then in the in the letter above when they were saying this is a message for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. So they're kind of trying to tell him, hey, don't believe your God. That's a lot of uh, doubt that almost says, hey, how do you know I was talking to God, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and God speaks to them. He goes, you know, I had you destroy all those nations and so forth. It's usually the same thing happened with Babylon. They get arrogant. You know, God is using the nation to discipline, yeah. you know, other people that, that rely on... Uh, and, you know, God is not justly. Why would he, he? Because he is in nature. There's love in, in the natural things. And if you override that, you know, you come up with your own God with a desire. Apparently, every person has the ability in the Old Testament to seek the Lord and to find him. You know, the, the, the the United States cowboy Indians, they did that, you know, they found the great spirit in the air. They knew that the spirit there was something else there. And they sought that and they gave honor to that. Okay, babe. Okay. Galatians, please. Okay, um, Thank you. Okay, Galatians chapter six, verse one to eighteen. 
And it says that, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should greatly and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> I love that. Sorry. Um, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers. Those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Amen. You will always harvest what you plant. Amen. For those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those to the, in the family of faith. Notice what large letters I, Paul, use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. Okay. Okay, so as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and with and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I hear, I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in your spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Anything? Let me read the 
Mm-hmm. Well, I like the beginning of this. Uh, it's, you know, it's that scripture that always says, do not be mocked, don't be mocked, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Okay? Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. It says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Amen. So, it, you know, it just goes to show you that there's a spiritual principle that God operates by here when you when you do good, that you'll, it'll be returned back to you. Um, but I think this has something to do with finances also. Um, and tithing. You know, it kind of brings out a big point to... Um, the the season for a, a, to reap a, a blessing. This is what it says. Uh-huh. That you will reap a harvest of blessing if, if you don't give up. If yeah. you don't give up. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap. In other words, there there when the blessing comes, we have to be have the opportunity. We should do good to everyone, especially. It always seems like when my opportunity comes, I'm, I'm, my door is closed and I'm unbelieving or I'm not giving mercy or the benefit of the other or, or service, you know, I'm being selfish. And the harvest of blessing passes me up. You know, I don't know how many times that has happened. And I think Satan knows that. He'll, he'll start putting pressure on you when God's trying to bless you and getting busy or, or not, or you're dealing with people and, and, um, you're trying. You're supposed to deal with them on a spiritual realm, but you're dealing with them in a natural realm, and you lose and you lose the blessing. Okay, you know, it's just, it, it just this particular scripture. You know, I always hear Pastor Prince going, "Oh, don't be deceived. God is not mocked." <laughs> you know, because the people take that this text that it's like, you know. Um, sowing and there's a harvest when you sow whether you're sowing uh, a, a work you know maybe this morning when I was making pancakes and I was blessing them I was sowing something okay and you know it's it's don't give up whenever the you know like you said the enemy might come and try to take that belief system from you but don't give up because there's a principle a spiritual principle here that kicks into effect that what you sow is what you're going to reap. So keep re- keep sowing good things wherever you go, as I guess. But there is a, a, a law that sowing and reaping is awesome. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let us not get tired of doing what is real good. 
At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings that we won't give up. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the God of power and of peace. I still want to comment over here okay, go ahead. about Paul saying, As for me, may I never boast about my anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. And he says, May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are new people of God. Isn't that awesome? Amen. What matters is that we've been transformed into a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17 The old man has passed away and all things have become new. You know, and... Um, that's at the end of the day. It's this or that. Have you been transformed into that new new place that Christ has called you to because of the cross? Well, you know, it, it brings out a good point. He goes, the human things industry does not interest me anymore. Or the stock market doesn't interest me. Or accumulating real estate or trying to do things. Or, you know, the... You know what the famous people are doing doesn't what interests is the word of god and see how he works with human beings and us and how to have more resources like for instance have uh the ability to buy the best coffee as our contribution to the to the park you know as our uh, a way to say hey we can do at least do this you know because we're able to do it and to sell something pick something up fix it up sell it and have enough and get coffee, get the things we need, you know, it's my, because we're always doing good, what you did today with the pancakes, we're always doing good, you know, always expecting a miracle to happen, I also think that the young lady that came and bought those shoes, also contributed to the house of God, you know, where she's going to be blessed with her purchase, you know, because she helps us I'll buy more coffee and things, you know, and look like she can use a blessing, and look like she's going to get a blessing. We gave her a book, you know, power and praise, and a discount, and blessing. Okay, go ahead. It's um, um, 65, 1 to 33, mm, 1 to 13 is one of my favorite songs in here. We read, praise the God of power and of peace who responds to his people, reaching to the Father's corners who nourishes the earth, bringing abundance out of the hardest places. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Psalm 65, 11 to 13. 1 through 13. 1 to 13. What, my, what might, mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion, we will fulfill our vows to you, for you answer our prayers. I love it, Lord. All of us must come to you. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. What joy for those you choose to bring near. Those who live in your holy courts. What faithfully, what festivities await us inside your temple? You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. 
O God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power and armed yourself with mighty strength. Wow. You quieted the raging seas with the pounding their pounding waves and silenced the shooting of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. You take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain. But, er, for you have ordered it so. You drench the plowed ground with rain, melting the clods and leveling the ridges. You soften the earth with showers and bless the abundant, its abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Awesome. The grasslands of the wilderness become a lush pasture, pasture, and the hillsides blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep, and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. Amen. In the Proverbs 23:24 says, "The father of godly children has caused has cause for joy." What a pleasure to have children who are wise. Amen. Um, just Psalm 65 is really a, an awesome psalm. You mm. know, it says here twice that God will answer your prayer. He says, we will fulfill our vows to you, for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. Now, I think this morning when I was listening to Billy, Billy Brim, mm. and she was kind of saying that is that man has to do or nothing happens without man coming to God or something like that. I don't know if you heard that. It's worth probably going back and watching that teaching tomorrow. But it made sense, you know, um, because we have the authority here on the earth. But I want to go back and listen to that and find that out more about it. And then it says again in number five, it says, You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Okay? Mm. And um, it just really, really gets into the, the, you know, the creation here. Um, it says, um, you form the mountains with your mighty strength. Um, you quieted the oceans with the pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Um, those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to the sun setting, it just all starts getting in here of all God's things on the earth and the creation. You take care of the earth, you water it, you make it rich and fertile, you know, you provide a harvested grain, because you've ordered it so. Mm -hmm. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. So all these details, it's because God has ordered it so. I mean, when you really take a look at that. Um, 
you drench the cloud ground with rain melting the clods, okay? It's the rain that causes the earth to get the moisture to, um, you know, to be able to plow. Um, you soften the earth with shower and, and bless the abundant crops, okay? So it's the Lord who showers the earth with the showers, with showers, and he blesses the crops. Mm-hmm. So God also blesses the earth. Beautiful, huh? Yeah. But I like this scripture. This is the one I always remember. It says, You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Mm. Even times of um, difficulty. He still crowns that situation with his abundance. Says the grasslands of the wilderness become a lush pasture, and the hillsides blossom with joy. Okay, the meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep. I mean, I just get this picture of being and seeing these hills and all these sheep on the on the meadows, and and the valleys. It says here are carpeted with grain, and they're shouting for joy. Mm-hmm. The valleys are carpeted, and they are all shouting for joy. They shout and sing for joy. Mm-hmm. So this psalm has really opened my eyes right now. Thank you, Lord. It's beautiful. You know, you can see that God has opened your eyes like that. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm kind of tired right now. I know that I'm sleepy. But as I read the psalm, God was pointing all that out. Like, what a God we serve. He answers our prayers. He answers our prayers. But we got to go to Him. Got to go to Him with our with our petition. Our struggles, uh, our wisdom, whatever it is you need, he's got it. Mm-hmm. He's got what you need. And I think we have to always start with that point of reference. He's always got what I need. My daddy has what I need. No matter what, he's got it. He's got a solution. He's got the provision. He's got the right people lined up. He's just a good daddy all the way around. I was thinking about that scripture that all things are possible with God because yeah. all the elements Obey. honor Him. Yeah, all because the, He created and He blesses and He He, blesses he commanded they, it and He's just, it's they, powerful. Amen. It's powerful. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the reading of your word, for revelation. You were true to your word and you opened our eyes. And you keep us aware, Lord, of your great love. Thank you, Lord. We say yes and amen.